0: Hi there. Welcome to episode 84, Felt Sense, part two of four of Balance and Boundaries. Last week, we were talking about personal value and beginning to understand and identify what we actually value in life. You may have noticed new ones or even noticed values that you were creating your life or moving through life in a way that aren't even your values. So that offers even more space. Yes, it might take some work and some practice to get rid of living through values that are not yours. However, through the next few weeks, as we continue to build upon this, I am certain that you'll have the inner awareness as well as some tools to get you there. Because as we start to notice the values that we have that are important to us, and we start to create balance and boundaries in life that respect those values, then we have almost a sacred nature around them. We protect them. We have more intention and desire to create healthy boundaries in our life because we get to feel what it feels like to live within our own values. Today I'm going to talk about a whole nother area that will help you to align into healthy boundaries. And that has to do with our inner wisdom. Our body has so much information to offer and share with us. We move through life very rapidly sometimes or in a kind of paused out or tuned out cycle of our inner knowledge. We all have inner knowledge and wisdom. We all have the felt sense that we're going to talk about today that allows us to have our own personal radar. But how often do we ignore it? We don't pay attention or we don't maybe even slow down enough to really start to develop trust in what our body is telling us. So today we're going to talk about that and Before I give some examples of specifics that we're going to break down, just have some open awareness around this idea of felt sense, the body's senses, the body's reactions in the energy body and sensations within. You can think about this in terms of environment, people, decision-making. Even sometimes just a quiet whisper of a voice within that guides you to do something. Because once you do this for yourself and you offer yourself space to create guidance here, trust in your inner knowledge, you will notice the same things that I notice in my personal life. Because when you tune in, it's like you you've turned to that channel on the radio frequency in cosmos or whatever, and you have your energy body in alignment with that frequency and you're tuned in there, you get to start to trust what your inner knowledge knows the quiet whispers of the soul or the quiet whispers of the mind. And then you pay attention and engage in a way that shows you've paid attention. And then you get the outcome that you recognize it was actual truth. What I will share today will give you guidance on how to tune into yourself, get into that frequency, because it's different for everyone. So before I talk about some examples here, I think in terms of self, what your felt sense might feel like. And it's okay if you have no awareness around what I'm going to say right now, but having it in the mental mm, forefront of the mind, since I'm bringing it up, will allow you to maybe have awareness as I talk through some things and then certainly some awareness after you go through this week's course. When you're thinking of environment, people, again, even mind awareness, that quiet very quiet voice of the mind. It's not like the anxious mind where it's like loud and racing and what ifs and all of that kind of stuff. quiet whisper of the mind is a matter of fact, acknowledgement of truth is the best way to kind of put it. You'll understand more as I talk through this. But when you're thinking about felt sense, how your body feels, you can think about things that you have experienced or thought about or people you've been around, environments you've been around that create the sensation of wellness. We'll kind of put it in that category. And that might feel like an excitable anxiousness even. So even like a a low level anxiety, but it's an excitability. It's uh, looking forward to kind of anxiety, anticipation of something pleasurable or something that you're passionate about. You might also notice things like, and it could kind of be anywhere in your body, but you can often go to heart space for a lot of this stuff. You might feel a warmth, kind of like a hug, a heart hug, uh, just a warm embrace kind of feeling in your body to let you know this is something comfortable. This is something that you're looking forward to or want to experience. You might just have an overwhelming sense of joy. Uh, Joy can feel different for everyone but almost think of like creativity uh, kind of feeling when you're in that dharma, like when you're in your flow of life and you have that joy or that creative buzz that runs through you. So you can think of examples like that, that bring in these felt senses that feel nice, different in lots of ways, but they have a sense of a pleasurable aspect, even the excitable anxiety. It's different than dread, anxiety, fear, anxiety kind of thing, as we'll talk about more. Versus the other end of the spectrum kind of category of this, where you might feel when it's a category of not in alignment with your wellness. So we have like a wellness and a maybe not in alignment with your personal wellness, because there's no judgment around any of this stuff. It's just know what's right for you personally. So in the kind of other category, that's maybe not as in alignment there, it could feel like a heaviness, almost like a stagnation, feeling like moving in slow motion or have like cement bricks on the feet or in the body even somewhere. It might also feel feel staticky. Like if you've ever taken laundry out of the dryer, maybe you put it on dry twice so that could cause static in there. And then you pull out things and you get like a little spark of static. Or if you've ever touched someone when uh, I think it often will happen, like if you have maybe socks and you walk across a carpet, uh, like that kind of thing. And then you touch somebody and you get like a little static charge. So that's like an example, not to say for clarification, when those things happen, that it's a felt sense. That's just about like energy in the air, static electricity kind of thing. But you can think about that same feeling, but it's inside, like inside self. This felt sense, you feel like a staticiness or that type of even spark of staticy. You might also feel like you're walking through a fog of confusion and that could be because confusion in inner self like uh it feels very jumbled and foggy or environment or people almost like you can feel very confused in the exchange going on and some of that times that could be because you're in an exchange with someone that maybe you need to move over into a healthy boundary with you know some individuals no judgment uh and that's, I understand it we can get into judgment here. Uh, I get it, it's challenging. I recognize I'm a therapist and have been in this field for 20 years. And I also in my spiritual practice, it's just non-judgment is something that is it's even tattooed on my body in different places. Uh so it's just something important for me personally. Um, but I do recognize and understand it can be easy for us to move into judgment in a lot of different ways, especially towards self or towards others. And in alignment with what I'm going to say here. So this fogginess that we could feel in self, mind foggy, body foggy, kind of confused feeling, interchange, exchange with other people. Well, some individuals, because of where they're at in life, often people who use this strategy in life that when they're adults, they might've used it when they were a young child and it was a way to get their needs met. And then it continues to maladapt and they just uh you know that's where they're at. Just kind of leave that there. But they can use uh, type of manipulative tactics with communication. But there's also people who are skilled with energy that they know how to pull in to their kind of energy force field of things to get people to say yes when they really have a desire to say no. Or they'll use is like a serpent energy where they'll use ego-based things to pull in people into their energy. It's like, uh, you might've heard the term energy vampires, like they'll kind of suck the energy out of people to have their own needs met. So we can have this internal radar that's letting us know, whoa, hold on, you know, step back in self. And that could be kind of that foggy because it creates this foggy, like we can even cognitively know I need to step back and then find ourselves stepping forward, almost like a hypnotic, a hypnotic trance, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit more detail when I uh, get into some things in a moment. But this fogginess inside, in environment, in interchange or exchange with others. And you can also think of a jumping bean energy. I don't know if you've ever seen those jumping beans, you might feel that kind of energy in self. Um, so you could see how that is going to be a little different than that excitability, anxiety. You know, the jumping bean energy is just like ah, that, that. kind of chaotic, scattered. Where am I going? I don't know. I'm just bouncing. So interesting. So when memories come. <laughs> I don't write stuff down. I just talk in these things and I'll woo, a memory pop up. I, you know, when I think of these jumping beans, I remember uh, they used to sell them in these little containers. They're called Mexican jumping beans. I don't know were they from Mexico or is that just something that was attached to it? I don't know. Right. I'm so cautious about all these labels we put on things because of sometimes... They're not really from Mexico, right? We just put things on there for different reasons. So that's what they were called. I don't know if it's because they were actually from Mexico. So if they were not, uh, just know that I don't, I'm not into that kind of stuff in terms of labeling things that don't belong where they're from for different reasons. Anyway, the jumping beans, they used to sell them in these little containers and they would just be jumping in the container. So they're like hitting the roof, they're hitting the sides and they're going and they're just jumping and they... Keep bouncing against walls and they keep bouncing against the top. Well, that would be like an internal energy that's your radar, letting you know that maybe this isn't where I wanna be. Maybe this is really a no for me instead of me wanting to move into a yes. I mentioned just very briefly to keep in mind those positives the excitability, the joy, creativity, the areas that I'm going to kind of focus on a bit more of the understanding in the rest of this information this week is about that personal radar. So it's looking more at when we are maybe not paying attention or we're dodging, like dip dodging ourselves all over the place or hushing that inner voice of awareness. Because again, we're all full of visibility. ability. I don't have any more inner wisdom than you do. It's just where where we tuned in. And again, I've been doing this for a really long time. I've been studying consciousness since I was just a little wee person before I knew what I was even doing. So it's just about, you know, how do we begin to understand this? And it doesn't take the period of time that it took me to understand it because a lot of it is just not doing, right? We do, and we try to become, and when we get in the way of becoming, certainly gathering the information is helpful. And then just allowing it to kind of unfold can be super helpful as well. Our personal radar our felt sense, thinking about all those different areas that I mentioned and how we can tune in to our personal radar. The reason that this is so important is because we will continue in life to repeat what we don't repair in ourself. It can be a a beacon, a magnet And a continual pattern of things that we play out in our life until we work on our inner healing. And this radar, this inner knowledge, this felt sense is there to help us do that, but we have to pay attention to it for it to help us. If we keep dodging it or silencing it because of maybe perceptions of obligation, feelings of guilt or shame. Or maybe even fear or uncertainty of how to move through to create boundaries or lack of trust even in self. We might even have a lot of examples that we, like those felt sense things that I mentioned a little bit ago. You might even have a lot of awareness or experience or situations where you were aware that that was happening. You're like, oh, I hear my inner guide. I I know what's going on. And then followed by, but mm, can I really trust that? Is that really true? Especially when it comes to energy body, we can question, 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 instead of tapping in to what's there and acknowledge. And that's going to build the trust. So obligation, shame, guilt, fears, lack of understanding or tools can keep us stuck. But the more you build, then the more you're going to get to know what this felt sense is like because we have to kind of feel it and experience it. It's different for everyone, but also very similar. And the more you tune into yourself, you're going to know what that feeling is for you. To move into some examples, when you're thinking about... I said the word magnet, I'm trying to kind of think of the best way to move into this. The magnetic pull that we can have, what we don't repair, we will repeat. And in that repetitive pattern, it can almost be an internal magnet that will pull us towards things that we are still not, you know, we haven't given ourselves maybe the love and kindness or compassion to really offer that inner healing to maybe areas of ourselves that feel A lot of sorrow or sadness. And when you're thinking about this idea of magnet, the best way I like to try to help people understand this concept, because it's about interpersonal relationships. And when we do not pay attention to our inner radar, how we can start to do this. I am not going to talk a bunch about attachment styles. You might have heard of attachment styles in some way or the other. Attachment styles. As a general kind of overview, when you think of attachment styles, it has to do with how we attach in our interpersonal relationships. Are we secure? Are we insecure? Do we have a scattered attachment? It's how do we feel in terms of security and safety in the way that we connect with other people? The closer in our heart space, the more we will find this, but it's really in even friendships and, and things like that. And we'll often come from you know how we attach, will often come from how we felt loved or what we viewed in terms of demonstration of love when we were growing up or what we didn't receive or didn't view there. So those sorrowful uh aspects of pain that we have within us can create, for example, let's pull out an example. Um if we have an insecure attachment style, then we might find ourselves in interpersonal connections and relationships that feed anxiety, that make us second guess ourselves, maybe feel unworthy keep us second guessing the relationship, like, am I good enough? You know, how do they feel? And we'll almost get into patterns of connecting with individuals that help us keep that story of uncertainty going. And that insecure attachment style might be due to Feeling not good enough when we were growing up, or like we had to meet certain expectations to be loved. Maybe we felt like we were raised in an environment that was full of conditional love versus unconditional love. So it's that need to appease or need for approval. And we might find ourselves in relationships that keep us really anxious there. Or, you know, if we have a secure relationship style, we might have had a lot of demonstration of examples or received a lot of examples in life of having more of that secure love that is based on non-conditioned. So the unconditional love aspect. And these things can also, these attachment styles can also morph and change a bit. Even in our, you know, we all have that young love, right? Teenage stuff going on there. Early adulthood love that sometimes really hurts us or sometimes can be really traumatic even. And it can create this, this magnetic pull because of the in, internal pain that we have. So I know just a little bit about attachment because I want to talk about this other piece that I have not really heard um, in a lot of the information that I've read or heard people speak about in the past. I haven't heard anything in a long time, honestly, uh, but I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this connection part that I want to get to but a little bit about attachment styles there. And when we think about attachment styles, it could be a very subconscious pool. We can feel magnetized or almost in a hypnotic trance towards how we connect then. So you can think about attachment styles as being a bit subconscious or even passive in how we're moving through life with it. And then it blends over into our connection style. And the patterns that we have around how we connect, we will feel this magnetic pull to connect with individuals who will again match our internal pain that we have. The very areas that we are trying to heal in self will find ourselves repeating those types of connections and relationships. It's like you will see. You know over here, a group of individuals who kind of uh for where they're at in life and their personalities and way they move through life, mimic some of the ways that you have felt hurt in the past, and then maybe you see a group over here and they're very different than what you've experienced in the past, like, "Oh, that's maybe really different than the friends I've had before, or that person's really different than anyone I've ever dated. I'm not really sure about that and we get pulled over here. Well, if your past was full of a lot of pain and insecure attachment styles, then, you know, it, it, it will feel different. It will feel unsure, uncertain to move into something new because you're offering yourself something maybe that's more in alignment with healthiness. Maybe you're stuck in this connection pattern due to a wounded part of an attachment style. It then leads us into kind of passive, but a bit of active way that we connect in life. And it continues to create that wounded sense of self. It's like, oh, see, my story was right. I am not worthy or I'm too much or I'm too needy or all the ways that we can judge ourselves and feed our self-judgment in the way that we will kind of hypnotically, for some people, we will hypnotically feel connected and drawn towards that energy. And how I mentioned before, some people, because of where they're at, they know how to use energy to pull others in. That kind of serpent energy, they will pull people in to feed their own ego or to have their own needs met, even to get tasks completed. So people will, they know what they're doing. And and then we can easily get pulled in, in like almost a hypnotic trance and find ourselves way away from our values, way away from paying attention to our felt sense. We'll have this awareness like, whoa, okay, this is not healthy for me, or this relationship connection is not sustainable. Ah, I really need to move away from this connection and establish a healthy boundary. So you can have all that going on inside your mind. You can feel it inside your body. And then you find coming out of your mouth, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to hang out? What are we doing later? Or even like really close in the relationship. Like you might even be like, Hey, let's live together. Let's move in together. Ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. This inner wisdom is here to help you. The way that energy works is we'll continue to have messages of repeat in different forms, same message until we heal self but also send out through our actions through our choices through our inner language and through our development of trust in paying attention to our felt sense our inner voice the voice of your soul to send the message out that you you got it like i get it i get what group over here is doing to my inner soul my values my felt sense I'm going to, through action choice, start to choose healthy boundaries and create category B, where I notice the healthiness, the wellness, and then category A, if I notice unhealthiness, then I'm going to also let myself start to establish those boundaries. And it will take practice because you could feel, again, we can get into this magnetic pool because it feels comfortable. It feels familiar. It's like when we want to try to ease down into the middle ground, our emotions. We don't ever want to try to get rid of emotions, but when we want to ease them down, we might feel ourselves really liking the upper ladder because it's familiar. It's comfortable. So noticing a little awareness around how maybe you feel love and feel connection and love. So that's that attachment part. Patterns that you might find yourself in connections. Where you're ignoring self in the way that you choose to maybe connect, and noticing that sometimes it might not feel completely like a choice, but it it is always a choice. And sometimes it might take gaining support, gaining tools to really uh, help move into a secure place to to create some of those boundaries. And we'll continue. We will continue to work on those things as well. Another thing to help you here when you're thinking about This exchange and how we can find ourselves saying uh, yes when we mean no or getting into movement into situations when we don't want to be in those situations. You can think about this slight kind of variation in terms of environment and people and this collection of energy and how it feels a bit different if we're maybe in um, a situation, I'll give a situation of like social anxiety versus dread. Before I give the breakdown of those two differences, there, I do just want to put out there as I'm talking about this energy part of things. Keep in mind that any exchange that we have, we are collecting energy fragments. Any exchange you have with another person, there's an energy exchange going on there. The closer you get, the more of the energy exchange happens, especially with your sexual partners so many of my clients, um, you know, when we talk through that part, we just don't really have awareness around energy collection. And especially again, when you're thinking of your intimate partners, every exchange you are collecting energy fragments. So be mindful people, places, things and what you're allowing into your energy body in all the different ways. When you're thinking of social anxiety versus dread, felt sense, because again, we want to get to know our felt sense. And I want to offer you just some slight examples of slight differences here so that you can tune in to yourself, because that's really what this tool is this week is just tuning in to that volume there. If you think about situations when you have said you've said yes," and then you start to feel like that was supposed to be a no. This can be about yes to going somewhere, yes to talking to someone, yes to taking on a project, adding more to your plate, adding more to what you have to do. It could be in any category, but thinking about how sometimes, um, so I'll use this example of. Social anxiety, because it's a good example to use. I hear thunder coming in too, and the last storms we have lost electric, so I'm trying to be mindful of my time. When you're thinking about these situations, we have where we might have said yes to go somewhere. That's going to be the example I use. So we've said yes to go somewhere, and we're leading up to the going somewhere, and now we're feeling like, oh man, I should have said no. I don't want to go. So category A is maybe where we're feeling that like, oh, I should have said no, I really don't want to go. But it's a category or situation where part of us recognizes its anxiety, that part of us knows that, well, once I get there and I adjust to where I'm at, I'm going to have a good time. You might have even done this before this very thing and had a good time and noticed that like, yeah, last time I did this, I was going to cancel last minute because I almost talked myself out of it. And then I went and had a really great time. Here I am again, feeling the same thing. I know it'll be great. And so that would be like an indication. Maybe I'm just feeling anxious, social anxiety or unknowns, a bit of change, something new. You know, it's okay and normal to have different emotions when we're experiencing something it doesn't have to always be complete comfort but it the discomfort also doesn't necessarily mean it's a we really wanted to say no versus how it feels when we said yes to go to an event and every part of our being did not want to go we felt maybe obligated or what will they say if i say no Or maybe even like fear of missing out, where we think, oh, I have to go because what if something spectacular happens and I miss it, even though I don't want to go at all? And then we arrive. And in the first category, after we're there for a little bit, maybe even as little as a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, we start to enjoy ourselves, start to feel pretty comfortable. And that might fluctuate a bit through the time there, but overall, we're like, okay, kind of glad I came. The other category, we find ourselves there, and it's complete dread. It's like our inner self has a slow, quiet cry of desire to just get out of there, to just be home. We get go through the, why didn't I? Why didn't I just say no? Why am I here? I just want to go home. Here I am again in a situation I don't want to be in here. This is so uncomfortable. I mean, the list can go on and on of what we notice. And we can have these two experiences over and over and we keep replaying them, but why? What would make us do that? What would make us go through similar experiences to collect our own awareness and then tell ourselves like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna try again. It's like a self-torture. So we can start collecting inventory of these situations These experiences, people, places, things, taking on projects or yeses when we know it's too much, and recognizing that we can say no without giving a PowerPoint of what the reasons are that you're saying no. You might need to just be relaxing on your couch, staring at a wall, because that's what you need. You don't have to tell anybody why you are making a choice that you're making for your healthy well-being and so often we feel like we have to give a spreadsheet a powerpoint and then we just talk ourselves out of it and we just say yes or we'll even cognitively know and we'll prepare ourselves i'm gonna i'm gonna have this boundary not gonna do it this time and then whoop out of our mouth we say yes Slowing down, paying attention, and noticing. Where is the frequency? Where are you at on that volume? And the more we tap in, the more we build trust here, because the inner voice is there. It's a quiet, subtle voice and feeling. Think about the things I mentioned there about heaviness, the jumping bean, the fogginess. Pay attention to your body, too tension, buildup, jaw, tension, even in the eyes, Uh, a lot of people, and this is like usually within the first 10 to 15 seconds, uh, even shorter, honestly, Um, there's, it's called thin slicing. See here, I get so much information that I keep wanting to share and then I get sidetracked, but I'll share it now that I brought it up. So it's called thin slicing and it's the first like five to eight seconds of an interaction we know. how much of us pay attention and in thin slicing it's about all that i'm talking about here slow down enough to pay attention what's in the little fragment there what do you notice in your energy body and it's giving you the signs and signals of awareness and that stuff i'm talking about even about the physical body it happens very quickly and the common areas are shoulders jaw eye tension people think like eye tension what Attention, you'll notice (laughs) the eyes. It's there. The gut, the feeling two inches below your belly button is felt sense. It is there, activated, ready to guide you. So, the toll for the next week is slowing down to hear it, to feel it. What is your felt sense? Start collecting your own inventory. Notice when you are kind of dip dodging yourself, where are you avoiding paying attention and what creates the avoidance? If you have this inner knowledge, this inner awareness and guidance, a radar within you, a map like the values to help you with balance and boundaries, why deny yourself something so beautiful? Those of you who have worked with me, or uh, in any capacity through these courses, or heard me through my podcast or speaking events, you know that I am not a fan of the word "why." Why puts us in auto defense cycle and can block us in many ways. And you may have noticed I've used the word "why" here several times towards the end. I don't know the purpose of that. I just noticed it as I'm saying it. Again, I don't write things down as I talk through this. I just have the idea of the important topic, and then I share it with you, but I did notice that I was using why a lot there. And so what I am guided to in this moment, as I ask myself in curiosity, what that is about, I am guided to share that it is because as you explore this to collect your inventory, you might notice a lot of inner defensiveness. You might notice a lot of the wounded parts of previous self trying to defend its position, trying to steer you away from paying attention to your felt sense. And know that it's common for that to happen. But when we recognize it, we can go back in with curiosity and compassion for the pain that is trying to create the defensive nature. So, know in the exploration. Inner defensiveness can be there. But once we start to embrace this, once we start having healthy boundaries in our life, you notice how sacred and special it is because it creates something totally different in yourself, in your inner awareness, in your trust and empowerment. It allows you to realize and recognize energy fragments and to move more into a protective nature of people, places, and things around you. Enjoy your practice over the next week. It's just about allowing yourself some stillness with you. The only way that we can be aware of our inner guidance and what is there to teach us is to pay attention as the student. Think about when you've been in a class and you're daydreaming and tapped out. How much did you really learn? So allow yourself to be your own teacher. And remember, the act of being is just being. Gather the information and let curiosity unfold on its own. As always, thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to continuing in this process with you and for all that will unfold for you over the next week. Talk to you soon, my friends. Bye.